Just drink. I like it. I know. It's great, right? Another! <coughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out, and we just have a damn good time with the show each and every week. And this week, unfortunately, Nancy couldn't be with us, but in her stead, we've got some amazing guests here. Not only am I joined by one of my amazing co-hosts, Andres, but we're also joined by Jen Kemp, and we're also joined by PLD, a.k.a. Paul News. Oh, wait, how do you pronounce your last name? I should have asked this beforehand, but, you know, we're not a professional show or anything. Right. It is Denuzio, although you ask my my family they Ooh. actually say Denuso, so I'm not they don't spell it wrong but I go with Denuzio. Gotcha. that's actually why I, I go PLD yeah. nowadays <laughs> Gotcha. I was literally saying your name and I was like, oh my God, I never asked him. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta ask the names right well, off look, the bat, man. <laughs> look, you're, like, you're going to know within like the first five minutes, we're not like a professional grade A show. We're just shooting from the hip. <laughs> That's the way I like it. That's the only way I handle it. Good. Yeah, we're really raw here. But uh, <laughs> so without further ado, we're going to jump into today's show. We got some juicy topics. And the first topic we're going to be jumping into is that recently, Kevin Feige, the head honcho over at Marvel, announced that Charlie Cox, who is Daredevil in the hit Netflix show, uh, the hit Netflix Marvel show, will be returning as Matt Murdock at some point in the MCU. So the MCU is not going to be recasting him. What do we think about this? Are we excited? Are we not excited? Let's start with PLD. What do you think, man? I'm excited. I'm very excited. I like the Netflix series, uh, especially Daredevil. Um, I kind of got a little tired as it went along and whatever, but the original Daredevil series was really drew me to it, and I was so happy to see them come back. I think Marvel and not just Marvel now, but a lot of companies are taking the stock of their IP. And this whole multiple mm-hmm. thing is like really becoming this um, love letter way that they can go, I can take everything we've ever done that we like, that people like, <laughs> right. and we can just throw them all at it and just get the best stuff. And it's like a dangerous thing sometimes because it gets too much. But so far, they've done well. And this is one of the perfect examples of how you do it. You bring in a character like Charlie, Co- like Daredevil, played by Charlie Cox, to perfection. Probably one of the best of the Netflix series. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, we're going to use him. Why would you want to use anybody else? He's there. He's willing. Let's yeah. do it. And we'll figure out how to make it work as we go along. And Kevin Feige is good at that. So I'm very, very excited to see Charlie Cox come back. Awesome. Love to hear that. Andres, Jen, I love seeing half of both of your faces on my end. It's amazing. It's very <laughs> mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I mean, look, you guys could flip a coin over who goes first, you know. Ladies first. There you go. What a gentleman. Right. Uh, No, I'm cautiously optimistic about this because I feel like people are leaning into it a little too much, honestly. Because it seems Mm -hmm. like anytime Kevin Feige opens his mouth, you get ten stories out of it. So, do I think it's officially confirmed that it's happening? Not quite in terms of legal papers that have been signed, but I hope so. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love seeing Charlie Cox. Daredevil was the one that kind of worked for everybody across the board. Uh, Defenders. But I like he was. We don't don't talk about Defenders. We don't really (laughs) talk about Defenders. But yeah, like Charlie, like he was so good with the role that like I do want to see him get his due on the big screen because so many people do not watch the Marvel shows just because there's so much content out there now that there's Disney plus and everything people are starting to get there a little bit uh but with the whole legal rights of where everything is uh it's a little tough but I hope that this also means that they're bringing on um Foggy Nelson Eldon Nelson because he's my favorite thing from the show I love Charlie but he's my favorite so I feel like they're a package deal. So if it does happen, I hope that he brings them along. I don't really care about Karen. She doesn't really need to be there. Can I throw that in there real quick? That, uh, 
Elden Henson. I have, I have a little bit of a man crush on when I was younger. Um, not even the Mighty oh. Ducks. Not even the Mighty Ducks. I loved him in the Butterfly Effect. I knew uh, you were oh, going to mention Butterfly pole. Effect. Solid pole. Yes, I love that movie so much. I mean, Fulton, like Mighty Ducks, he's a man. Like, he's a man surrounded by boys. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I mean, weird sidebar, though. Ashton Kutcher and Butterfly Effect. I was like, all right, I think I have a man crush on this dude. I was like, Absolutely. he pulled off the beard. Yeah, he pulled off like, the beard. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He can act? Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> he's like a mess Yeah. It's like, yeah. wait a minute. He's good looking and he can give a good performance? What? Who is this man? What is going on? <laughs> but, oh my God, but Andres, wait. What, what, we we got to get back on track here. This is going off yeah. the rails fast. <laughs> it's all good. I love when the show goes off the rails because honestly, it's the best. But uh, wait, Andres, what, what do you think about this news? Are you on board? You know, I'm on the same boat with Jen on this where it's like, you know what? It's on paper. It's a great idea because Charlie Cox, hands down, is probably one of the best actors that the that the Marvel universe has ever gotten in terms of taking a role seriously and also in terms of doing something different with a character that we've seen portrayed previously in the freaking Thor and Hulk movie, or we've seen right. previously in uh, with Ben Affleck's Daredevil, which I don't think was too bad of a performance, but it was just the writing was just not there. Right. Whereas with the Netflix series, they had over 12 episodes to develop a character and to let us get to know who exactly Matt Murdock is and giving us that interpretation that Frank Miller did so perfectly well with uh, no, with uh, the Man Without Fear series, and it's fantastic. However, in terms of incorporating Charlie Cox into the MCU, might be a bit much uh, on my end, I think. Oh, hot take, okay. Here, here's the thing is that, you know, Charlie Cox was great as Daredevil, but the problem is, is that we might be getting a little too much by this point now. And with all the good that you get from the Netflix uh, series, you also have to take the bad. So if Daredevil is in the universe, if Charlie Cox is in the universe, you know what that means? You get Danny Rand again. You get Iron Fist. You, this has been fun, guys. I'm going to go. Can I do a pussy, though, and say that <laughs> Not necessarily. Iron Fist back to his home planet. It'll be fine. Not necessarily, because the whole multiverse angle, they could throw in how many Charlie Coxes are out there as Daredevil. Maybe he's a different, there's a, the Charlie Cox Daredevil is a different Danny Rand out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 one of those it's one of those things where it all depends on the execution. But I will say one thing, uh, you know, just because the head fight, just the I said the head fight, he the head honcho. <laughs> I mean, we, we should call him at this point. That's I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, arguably Kevin Feige is maybe the world's most successful movie producer of all time. I mean. Yeah. I mean, an argument could be made by that point. Yeah. But the thing is that everyone goes that oh, if it's coming from Kevin Feige. He will do no wrong. He absolutely like knocks out of the park every time. Keep in mind, um, Thor: The Dark World all happened under his supervision. Everything that that movie went through, he had to approve. And also, let's not forget the one thing that uh, that people are looking back on as a giant mistake in the franchise with the Mandarin in Iron Man Three. Mm. He had he had to okay that. I'm not one of those people. I still there love that. I know. I know. I still love it. I still love it. I, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, for for myself, I think I think it was a cool little twist to do, but in mm -hmm. terms of where we head forward with Song Chi, you're just like, oh yeah, no, you could definitely feel that they definitely felt the the rage of the fans after they pulled that little trick. But 
it, mm-hmm. it all really mm-hmm. depends on the execution at the end of the day. I, that, that's why I think. I can see PLD biting its tongue. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like me and PLD were just like, all right, all right. Wait, 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 PLD, look like you wanted to say something. Oh, look, speak up, man. Oh, I was going to say, I almost feel like Kevin Feige took some of the people who were upset and like they almost did the Shang-Chi thing as, as the way to like throw it back at them going, I still want to have this character out. I was right. You were wrong almost in a way. Almost like a cocky way of going, I'm going to throw it back in your face. Yup, he still exists. Yes, he's still there. Bring it on. <laughs> not, not only oh is he God. still in the universe, we're going to make you fall in love with him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 But like, I feel like I'm like in both worlds in, in terms of just like how I feel about it. Cause I feel like on one hand, I'm like, okay, great. I don't see anyone else playing this character nearly as well as he does. He's a perfect Matt Murdock in Daredevil. That's one of my favorite comic book shows, period. It's just especially the freaking third season, which was unbelievably Ooh. good. Um, and But then I'm also on Andre's side where I'm like, but how is he going to fit in into like this MCU world? Because his show felt so gritty and like down to earth and so unbelievably different compared to the MCU, which I loved because it kind of felt like its own thing. So my fear is that he's going to go into the MCU, but he's not going to be quite the character you want. Cause we're used to this kind of like hard R rated kind of daredevil. And now I don't want to see him get kind of like tempered or like maybe he's not quite the same. So I'm like a little bit hesitant. I'm excited. Don't get me wrong, but I'm a little bit hesitant because I just, I don't want them to change the character fundamentally where it feels like I'm not watching the same person. I don't know. Are you guys in the same boat a little bit? I get that point. I mean, definitely could be watered down in a way that you wouldn't really want to see yeah, happen. Yeah. So I can see that. I'm hoping it's not going to be, but it is a little bit weird. But I'm willing to give it a shot. That's what I figure. Because if it doesn't work, I still have the old Netflix series to watch if need be. This is also true. This is also yeah, true. Absolutely. And in terms of watering the character down, Daredevil was never. Daredevil was sort of like the Batman of the Marvel of the MCU, whereas he's straddling that fine line between what is right and what is what is too far and you know bringing in the whole the whole catholic element into it i think that actually is a more solid foundation than you know oh i'm i don't want to i don't want to become the criminals i'm hunting down which batman does which works well in his universe but i think daredevil was never a violent character to begin with in fact all the violence came from everything that was happening around him. So I think we're going to get the same daredevil violent or not. And also on top of that, I mean, keep in mind, we did get a pretty violent Ronin in Endgame, So they can, they can pull, they can pull that stuff fairly well. Yeah. It's true. true. I mean, but like also, cause we were talking about, Oh, well, if you get this character, then you have to take these characters with it, which yeah, it might not happen, but then I'm thinking to myself, but what if they brought the Punisher in? Like, how do you do the Punisher PG-13? Anything you know with what John I mean? Bernthal, I'm on board. So, like, he... it Just because, like, John Bernthal was a pitch-perfect Punisher, but his show, I mean, look, it was yeah. extremely violent. And I know Marvel can do violence. You know, there's not a lot of blood, obviously, but they can do violence. But Punisher violence? I mean, look, we've gotten a PG-13 Punisher movie, I think, right? Haven't we? I don't think so. They were all R-rated. No, they were all R, right? Okay, I'm not yeah, going crazy. So, like, they've all been R-rated, so, like, this would be the first time we would see, like, a PG-13 kind of Punisher, and I wouldn't want to see that. But, again, that is just, you know, theories. Like, we have no idea if that character would ever be coming back. But, anyway, speaking 
of Marvel, we got a new trailer for a movie I'm so unbelievably excited about because the first one, in my opinion, is the best Spider-Man movie, period. And that is the sequel to uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We've got Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse that apparently is a two-parter, which was an interesting surprise. So now this is going to be a two-part sequel. Um, we got our first trailer, our first kind of big look at it. I think we saw more than I thought we were going to. Uh, what did we think about this first peak? Andres, Jen, what did you guys think of this one? I went first last time. All right. Oh, look at this. So <laughs> gallant. All right. Well, here's the thing. Right off the bat, seeing that original film and seeing the art style they went with and just going like, how are they going to top that? And within the first couple of minutes of this teaser, you're just like, what, what am I looking at? This looks like this literally looks like a child's painting come to life. In a way mm. that I've never imagined it. And then also throwing in Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099. I love that character very much, especially with your man uh, Oscar Isaac back back on board to come back for that. <laughs> but yeah, mm. just seeing how, how exactly they've pushed the art style even further, just with the first two minutes, is is great. But I will say the one thing that I kinda that kind of disappointed that I saw in the teaser already is the um sort of, for lack of a better word, the Last Jedi question, where it was like, what was the first interaction between Gwen and uh, Gwen and Miles going to be after she comes back through time? And it's like, oh, we've already seen that reaction now. Kind of feels like we kind of got spoiled a little bit on that, if that makes any sense. But, mm -hmm. but overall, from that, I'm very excited from when they're where they're going with it. I mean, in terms of just all the new characters that they're adding, I mean, I, I know Lord and Miller said that they went out of their way that eventually they did think about including um, uh, Japanese Spider-Man from uh, from the 70s and also even mm -hmm. thinking about the, uh, the 1970s Peter Parker that came out in the TV series as well, too, in that really cheesy live-action show. Like, all that stuff is still being blended in in some way, shape, or form. So in terms of how they're going to get all that stuff to work with the characters that we've already established... It's a pretty big feat, and it makes sense why it's a two-parter. The problem is that I'm I'm not one of those people that I like. I mean, when has it really worked when a film has kind of split split their one movie into two parts? If that makes any sense, Dude. like oh. hopefully. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, we just saw Dude, man. <laughs> I was about to say. It's like you love Dude. Well, 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 because well, because here's the thing: is that with Dune, at least it felt like it still felt like like sort of like a complete, not necessarily a complete story, but sort of felt like it, it was satisfying enough where they left it. I guess I don't know. But, see, was, like, I, but, I, but I feel like I could also argue that because look, you could say what you want about the sequels, but I thought that splitting the Matrix two and three into like two movies that still I felt like they worked as their own movies, but they also yeah. led into each other like really well. I would agree. Having just rewatched those, yes. <laughs> yeah, I knew PLD would hop on that train. I was like looking at him. I was like PLD, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 psyched for. well it's it's oh, one of those wait. things where, where again where again like kevin feige it really depends on the execution but yeah. I, I i i just don't want it to end in a drastic cliffhanger and we're waiting for three years for the next film because they actually with, said the next one is coming out the following year though so the, oh, we don't have to wait they said that oh yeah. i didn't hear that great yeah yeah they said that the new one comes out next year and then they said you don't have to wait long for this the sequel it's going to come out the following year Oh, okay. All right. Then so, that changes yeah, so, my so mind. Too bad. I'm, 
I'm on oh, board. Okay. I'm on board. I'm, I'm, I'm on board table. because because, because the, other, the other thing I was going to reference was Endgame and Infinity War. The reason I was on yeah. board for that is because we knew we were getting the second movie the next year. We knew that we were going right. to get a conclusion. It like unfortunately like uh, unlike Dune, where it's like oh, it's kind of a question mark up in the air more than yeah. anything else. That's that's primarily why I was worried about more than anything else. But now that I know that we're getting a second one, all right, fine. Split in the two parts. If you know where you're going with it, if you have it, that's fine. Well, that's, right. I think they've awesome. really earned that. I think they've earned wow. that after the first one. They seem to know what they're doing with that. So I think that yeah, splitting into two parts is okay by me. It kind of feels like Back to the Future, Back to the Day, or Harry Potter, that the yeah. Hallows got split that way. It seems like they want to do it. They know what they're, as long as they do it in a way where the first film feels complete enough, complete enough as a standalone, mm-hmm. I'll be fine with it. I loved it. I'll just jump in. My I love this trailer a lot. I think a teaser, more a teaser really than a trailer, to be honest there. Even though they had mm-hmm. a lot of commentary, you didn't see a whole lot more than, okay, we get Miles and Gwen getting back together, and then we get 20, uh, 2099. Um, I did like that you saw like the, the tech device of uh, Spider-Man 2099 with his, uh, the wrist. It says 928 on it, which is you know, that, that universe, that, and, 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 and in the Marvel-verse, so to speak. And I like that Spider-Gwen was wearing that, too. So I feel like this is a thing where they're already hooked up on something. So what's going on? I have no idea what's going on. I just know it looks beautiful. I know I like these characters. And I think there's so much you can do with this that I can't wait to see where they're going to go. Um, and it's so many different ways. I mean, they could go into the MCU if they wanted to at this point, because, hell, Sony's not exactly confident with the whole venom and everything else going on at this point they can't be very confident about everything maybe they're just like you know what just tie everything to the mcu we just need all, all the love in the mcu i already know where they're going with it by this point now guys i have a pitch oh do you uh, long distance interdimensional long distance relationships that's where it's going oh jesus okay well <laughs> Oh my God, Jen! What did you think of this trailer? Oh man, yeah, I I literally watched this right before we hopped on because I realized I hadn't seen it yet. So yeah, I was really excited. <laughs> it's fresh. Uh, like, I know I saw it fresh, and you guys saw like my biggest reaction was when I went part one, part one. Uh, so no, like I I think it's great. Like I think it was a great way of doing it because really it it essentially it does feel like a teaser because it essentially just kind of reminded you of what you loved from the first one is the heart that is Miles and his bond with the other Spider-Men, particularly Gwen. Uh, and that was really the main content for this is just how cute he is and adorable. <laughs> uh, and then you get a great action sequence, which was like kind of how they pushed it, the, the original one too, if they had that really extended sequence when he's kind of dragging Peter's body <laughs> through the city. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it was like reminding you of we have this light, lovely relationships and then we also have this really badass animation design which i absolutely adore because like i'll say it i'm a disney shill i'm a disney pixar shill but uh their designs tend to always be very similar and safe and i love seeing a big property like this really try to Mm. express themselves in a different way it's something that you don't see a lot in western animation so I fully applaud that, and I love that it's a part one. I love when people have a plan. Like, yeah, sometimes it comes back to bite you when like an installment doesn't yeah. work, but that means that you're looking ahead and you're putting all the pieces in place so that you don't, we were talking about this right before we came on, Of you don't have to retcon things later on when you realize, hey, this property did really well, we should make another one. Like, this is something that people are gonna go see it, no matter what. The first one was great. Right. 
you're definitely going to have the backing to do another one. So it's good to have a plan in place. So <laughs> I'm all for part ones and part twos are going to be great, including Dune. Dune part two is going to be amazing. So. Phenomenal. Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. I mean, the thing I, I mean, I would I agree with Jen about how I feel like even though Disney picks are like their animated movies always look stunning. There is kind of like a similarity in the way a lot of the characters look and the way they're designed. And what I love about Sony is that like the animated movies they're coming out with lately are unreal. Like Mitchell's vs. the Machines was incredible. Spider-Verse was incredible. And they're doing so many amazingly, wildly creative things. And I love what this trailer shows. It just shows more of what I loved about the original, all the animation styles. Apparently at like um on Twitter, like I saw there were a bunch of artists who have like worked on or who are working on the new movie. And they said that like each of those worlds that you see was like designed by like a different artist so that it would feel different and that it would feel like a different world. And I was like, that's yeah. just like, that's the cool. Like, I love that stuff. Or like how they even used like a video clip as reference for like when he's trying to like, you know, hide his computer and, you know, all that stuff or like, you know, what he's doing in his room and stuff. Just like the creativity on display is so profound. And I love what I'm seeing in this trailer. Yeah, it's a tease, but like I'm. I've already been on board like I didn't even need to see footage to say I will see this movie and the fact that it's going to be a part one excites me because I want to know why it's going to be a part one you know what I mean like I want to know what cliffhanger or what's going to be unresolved like what are we going to be waiting for in that year that we're going to be like waiting on bated breath for that's what I'm really excited about and I can't wait to see more of these different worlds I can't wait to see more of uh Gwen and um, uh, yeah, Miles. Um, I, I love their relationship. It's really cute. It's adorable. It's like the best rom com ever. I love it. I'm, I'm a sucker for a good rom com, so I'm totally on board for that relationship. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I, I'm wait. I'm waiting for that to come to fruition in the sequel. I mean. I feel like, do you think it's going to top the previous one? Or do you think because like what we saw in the first one, like it's not going to feel as fresh anymore? Because I, I know that tends to happen with a lot of movies, like the first movie everyone's wowed by, and then the sequel comes out and people aren't as like thrilled with it, I guess, or taken I mean, aback by it. So like, what do you guys I'm think? Gonna, I'm going to hope that it's a how to train your dragon situation where the first yeah, one there you is go. charming and it sucked in this whole audience that knew nothing about the property. Even though people are familiar with Spider-Man, most people are like, I don't understand who Miles is and you instantly right. fall in love with him along with the other characters and everything. Right. But like in How to Train Your Dragon, you completely were introduced to this world and then the second one completely expands it and things get a little darker, a little more serious, mm -hmm. a little more complex. So I'm hoping that's what's gonna happen here. And then part three hopefully is not like a total tearjerker like that one was, but Oh yeah. God, <laughs> the third movie wrecked me in How to Train Your Dragon. Oh my God. <laughs> but, 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 that's, but that's because by, by that third movie, they freaking won you over. And and they told and they told the entire story and like you look at that as like you know uh hiccups even just his whole his whole uh arc in that you could just really really see the the character development on that and you know you don't get a lot of that stuff even with live action movies you only get that really with, with kind anime. of anime what's up really. with that yeah i don't know apparently they just got better heads on their shoulders we connect here to things that we think aren't real i don't know that's like like talking to like the psychiatrist doll or something it's like i can feel things like woody feels but i can't feel for tommy's i don't know it's weird no i talk to all my figures over to the left right now kind of like that blank slate thing that blank slate you can put yourself into a, a yeah. non-real like a picture canvas in a way it doesn't actually mm -hmm. looks like hiccup or anything like that so we kind of make our own connection to it Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I like that. Oh, we're getting deep here. I didn't expect deep that. <laughs> getting deep right now. We're really analyzing ourselves. It's like, I am Woody. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I will say, the How to Train Your Dragon movies, not only are they phenomenal, but they're some of the most like adult 
animated movies that you'll watch. I mean, there's like real consequences and like real stakes. He lost his leg. A child lost their yeah, literally in the first movie, like he's like, like he walks onto the scene and like the, like you know the like ending of the movie, and he doesn't have a let. I was like, whoa! I was like, okay, all right, DreamWorks, I see you. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's, that's, just put it back. Come on now. It's like, nah, man. It's like he's a real character, right? It's gone. Oh my god, peg leg now, guys. <laughs> oh my god this is getting so bad i love it um but yeah. anyway we're, we're just gonna take an awful segue into our next topic because i'm not as fluid right now i'm not a, i'm not firing on all cylinders <laughs> so we're just gonna go right into the next segment which is we're gonna be talking about a movie that well most of us have seen unfortunately pld didn't get a chance to see west side story but the rest of us did but pld will not be silenced in this conversation he will have his day and he will be talking about what he is looking forward to seeing in it maybe what what he thinks might happen with the movie in terms of like what his thoughts might be, what he thinks maybe of the original film. We're going to get him into this conversation. Don't you worry. He will not be silenced. Hashtag PLD will not be silenced, but <laughs> never. You but, can uh, try. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. Um, but anyway, uh, Andres, kick us off here. What did you and Jen, you guys can both go, you know, what did you both think of West Side Story? Well, in terms of West Side Story, I'll admit I haven't finish the original film unfortunately it's a different okay viewpoint here yeah Good. so yeah. so it was one of those things where i knew sort of the broad strokes about it you know technically romeo and juliet in the 1960s right. you know, it's the puerto ricans versus the versus the the irish and or the italians whatever it is the jets but going into this movie i felt like it was sort of like sort of a prime spot to be in where it's like you know what I can just watch it as it is, not have any preconceived notions of what the original is or what the indelible classic will influence on me watching this film. So it was so honestly, it was it was I mean, I personally for me, I have the, the original film um, just laying here, but I never got a chance to see it. And I think I don't think I lost anything by watching this one first and seeing this one. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, so that's primarily my experience, at least going into West Side Story with this. Okay. Um, but in terms of my thoughts on the film, I was actually really pleasantly surprised. Really pleasantly surprised. And keep in mind, I'm not too much of a musical guy myself. Uh, I'm very picky with my musicals. I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of La La Land. And this movie, this movie absolutely outdid oh goodness so i know i'm breaking your hearts guys but this movie it's okay like i'm in a million pieces right now uh, there you go. <laughs> but this movie absolutely absolutely proved why steven spielberg is the fucking best in the business in so many respects in terms of the choreography in terms of just the the uh the people the cast that he's gotten all around him everybody except for one might be might be perfectly cast in their roles all the way through and i, I believe who that one is one. <laughs> i know who, who could that possibly who be, could it right? possibly be? <laughs> but but i think i know i've really seen it i mean is he there is he not there or is it a she i don't know it's it's a blank slate but anyway go, um but like watching this entire film when i got to the end it was it was just a very pleasant experience i really dug the hell out of it um i will admit one thing watching the entire movie i got flashbacks of anger management the um the am sandler film because <laughs> <laughs> because i feel i feel pretty is one of the like 
biggest things about it. And all yeah. I did, all, like yeah. I was watching it, I was watching it with Nerd Chronic. <laughs> I was watching it with Nerd Chronic over the theater when I Feel Pretty came on. All of a sudden, we just looked at each other. We were just like. All I see is Jack Nicholson right now, just singing "I Feel Pretty." That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Let me just throw in there. The, uh, you talked about this before we went live. You started saying something about anger management. You asked me if I remember anger management. I had no idea where you were going with this until <laughs> now, and now I'm hilarious. <laughs> like laughing at this. Now I can't wait to watch yes. this. Now I have it in my head. Now, yeah, too. I think you broke PLD as soon as you said anger management. He was gone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, overall, overall, I thought it was a very enjoyable film. I mean, we'll get into more details about it later on. But so, I mean, again, as someone who didn't have that much exposure to the original. Didn't feel like I lost anything, and I got a really great experience out of it. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. Awesome. All right. How about you, Jen? What did you think? Well, I have the exact opposite experience. I absolutely oh. love the original one. Uh, I absolutely just just that. That's the beginning of the opposite experience. No, I like honestly, West Side Story, the original 1961, which I didn't realize is like, oh, it's exactly 60 years apart. Uh, but yeah, that's oh. adorable. Uh, but yeah, like that I absolutely love that one. It's my like this is one of my favorite musical scores of all time and everything. So just hearing the music, I was like, it's gonna get me either way. Even if I don't like the film, I'm still gonna have a lovely time just because I could close my eyes and hear the music and still love it. Uh, but right. having said that, I did love this. It was fantastic. Right now, this film is probably in the running for my favorite film of 2021. Right now, whoa. Watched a lot of There's films. Some fighting words. Actually, I haven't really <laughs> been doing my due diligence. See, you, 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 like, you, you like went into like the Hollywood's going to be the polar opposite. I was like, wait, I thought you liked it. I, did. I thought you yeah. liked it. I know. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, no, I loved it. Uh, and yeah, it, it was it was really tough because I know the original one so well that I'm like, I, I try to train your brain not to do that of making comparisons as you're going through. Having said that, though, uh, even when I'm trying to resist that. Steven Spielberg did a fantastic job of really putting his own stamp on this. Like there were some scenes that would kind of line up similarly, like particularly the opening has a very iconic sequence that they do in the original one, because it's a very specific mm -hmm. piece of music that you kind of have to do stuff to. Uh, but he like he does a little tweaks, but at the same time, it does have the same feel. And yeah, like, and I like I know all the choreography from the original <laughs> one. And I will say like, it's not really a spoiler. The only piece of choreography that they reused is when Tony and Maria meet for the first time. And it's so adorable that they did that because it's very, it's a very specific moment. But everything mm -hmm. other than that is beautiful choreography. Like it's a very different feel between the two. Like it is kind of catering more to a modern audience because if you go back to the original one, it's a little more ballet like the only person that really mm -hmm. isn't like like the masculine one is Bernardo in the original one and George Shakiris like he's fantastic. I do like the uh, the him more than this Bernardo. Like it's hard to to fight that, but it was very different mm -hmm. feel of these characters. Like these are more masculine kids of the street kind of feel to it. So like right. it has that new kind of crisp Newsies era kind of choreography. It's really fun. Uh, like there are some gorgeous shots in this film. Uh, he does like very interesting things with color and Dutch angles and it's choreography like, like cinematography. It's fantastic. Uh, mm -hmm. Changes they do do work very well, I think. Whether or not you're familiar, if it being a change, uh, like for me particularly, uh, uh, the se the sequence for cool or be cool uh, is like one of the most interesting choreographed staged sequences in the film, and it's completely different 
from anything I've seen before, either stage or the uh, movie production. So I absolutely love that. I was like, bravo, Steven. So it's fantastic. I love that they brought back Rita Moreno uh, and used her fantastically. Uh, all the new cast, mm -hmm. these are all stars in the making, like particularly Rachel Ziegler Maria. The second she appeared on, on screen, I was like, she is charming as hell. <laughs> I was like, so I can't wait to see her like, blow up because it was like, even like seeing all the trailers, the trailer became like in every single showing for months now. So I was getting a little sick of it, but at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> it's very clear that Steven knows that he has a star here. Like the, just mm -hmm. the way that he frames her in every single sequence. And yes, they're also trying to hide somebody else, but she earns it. <laughs> She earns it. She is fantastic. It's 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 so great. The entire cast does a fantastic job. It's one of the best movie musicals of 2021, of which there are a lot. So yeah. yeah. So it's a big mm. year for musicals, yeah. but I I fully endorse seeing this, and I fully endorse seeing the original because I don't think it matters which order you see them. Honestly, it, I don't think it'll detract from either experience. No, not at all. And like honestly, like like having having seen this film, it's only pumped me up even further to check out the original because now you kind of have at least the familiarity with it, and you don't necessarily feel like you're keeping up with the film nearly as or or far behind the film as as much if you haven't seen the original property. Yeah. But I will say one thing: mm -hmm. um, one thing that you definitely did touch on on this in terms of the casting of Rachel. I, Steven Spielberg has to be applauded for his portrayal of Hispanic culture in this. Like, yes. it is like he has gone on record basically saying that he that this movie was going to feature more of the culture side between both parties, between the Jets and the Sharks. Mm -hmm. But the big thing that I feel should be applauded even further is the fact that for all the scenes with um, with uh, with Maria and her home life and with her brother. There's a lot of Spanish being in play, but the problem is, is that it is, oh, sorry, not, not the a problem. problem. It's not a problem, not at, a problem all. at all. No, no, no. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was, I mean, like right now, like you can sort of see it on Twitter here and there where it's like, oh, you know, it's kind of a problem to some people. But I think it's something that should be applauded where Spielberg decided as a creative decision to not subtitle all the Spanish that is in the film. Any. Oh, yeah. No, none, 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 none of there it. There is no subtitles. <laughs> yeah. And it's perfect like obviously there there were some great things that like there there is a particular joke that i knew because it's the same joke from the original one and i know a little bit of spanish but he's the only clearly in the theater the only one that can speak spanish fluently so they say a joke and he I, laughed I, I was actually able i was actually able to understand it I, I was actually pretty good in spanish in school so yeah, like i was like, laughing at certain things and everyone's like what what did they say yeah i think that was the one time that it went over a lot of people's heads, but the rest yeah. of it, you, see, you could clearly hear me in the you theater. Could go, ha! Ha! Yeah, but like, other than that, every other scene, like you understand the context, you understand the tone of their voice, right. even if you don't get every single word, you are understanding the feel, and it's giving so much more respect to the culture. And yeah, like the balance between what you see for the Jets and what you, you see for the Sharks is so much better in this one. I will say that Chino, mm. cool. I love Chino. Oh, Chino yeah. is a completely different person in this movie, and I love him. <laughs> so, do you think it's better than the original film or do you think it's like on par maybe a little bit less than good like where do you already fall on it right now i would say they're they're different animals uh i wouldn't okay i would respect the opinion for either one honestly for these people uh like if okay yeah like i i could understand a lot of people seeing this for the first time and being like oh i don't care for the old one i like the new one uh because mm -hmm. the character developments in the new one they give they give more agency to 
pretty much everyone, honestly. Like Tony and Maria, particularly, like they, you get a little bit more backstory to them. They're not just like these two love struck kids. Like they do understand what they do as consequences. And yeah, like what was more implied in the original one is just flat out kind of stated in this one. So for people mm. that don't lean into that, yeah, so it could go either way, honestly. I, oh, okay. I, would I mean, it, 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 no, it's great to have right someone now. on who's like, uh, who, who's seen the original, because I haven't seen the original either, because uh, I don't know, there's something about, I just, it looked a little too cheesy for me, unfortunately. It's not like, it I'll is, never watch it. It, it, it no, looked a little cheesy. And so like, I guess I haven't gone out of my yeah, it like I haven't gone out of my way film. to see it. It has yeah, a very so like, of its era kind of feel to it, right. but I yeah. would say like that one, the the star of that one is Rita Moreno and George Shakiris, right. and in this one, it's kind of like the opposite, honestly. <laughs> so yeah. like, yeah, so, but, <laughs> but I understand that. Like, I not to take anything away from the Anita in this film because she was also spectacular, but I think Stephen knew he was like, we literally have her on the set. We need to make sure we're giving this Anita something else to work with. So they kind of tweaked a couple things for her so that she could right. have her own chance to stand out in different moments. Because, like, I know very specifically, like, I have this movie, like, the original, like, <laughs> burned in my brain. So I literally know how, like, uh, Rita's Anita, like, reacts to certain things and stuff. So I'm like, oh, she didn't do that. Good job. And so, <laughs> so it's, it's really good. Gotcha. They did a really good job of making sure these are two separate things, but also have a connection between the two. Uh, particularly with like the colors of the whole set, but the sets are gorgeous in both oh of them. My God. The production design is fantastic. So yeah, it's like you feel like you are in '60s New York. It's like a little dingy, but the '60s are always like you still see the cars that are very clean because people take care of things and stuff. So it's 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 adorable. So yeah, it's mm -hmm. I would it has the strong possibility of being another Best Picture contender, which would be oh, amazing so. to see. Oh, another I definitely think so. Yeah. Make from a best picture winner to potentially it could be a winner. I don't know. It's I, got Spielberg power. That's very strong power yeah. behind it. So. Yeah, I, I yeah. absolutely I absolutely feel it, it does have a really solid yeah. chance. It I don't think there's does. a front runner mm -hmm. right now. So granted, yeah. I think the 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 blockbuster the numbers are not too great right now, but there's a lot of factors. Yeah, involved. it kind of had like a very similar debut to uh, In the Heights, pretty much yeah, like around I, the same. I thought that In the Heights did better, <laughs> but yeah. In the Heights yeah. came out when there was nothing going on and everyone was like, I just want to see a happy movie. And whereas now it's like- I, It just seems like audiences don't want musicals. Like, I don't understand. Like, it just seems like they're like, I know there's so many people, including myself who love musicals, but it just seems like audiences don't like really show up for them, at least not recently. I'd want to say this one has the potential to have legs for various reasons. Obviously, word of mouth. I think it absolutely great. will go through yeah. Christmas beyond. The only yeah. problem yeah. I have, it will, it will, yeah. The only problem I see is that there's a lot of movies coming out that there's are like going to be big, coming up that might but, yeah. end up squashing it a little bit. Unfortunately, but it's good counter programming for a lot absolutely. of things. Got, particularly the older audiences <laughs> don't have much to go to. They don't really care about a Matrix or a Spider Man. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I yeah. feel like older audiences are pr older, probably a little more apprehensive about going to movie theaters right now. Yeah, that's that's and it's also one yeah. that families are going to go to too. Like we literally had a full family in front of us, of yeah. like a five-year-old with oh, like awesome. grandparents and stuff. So it's like, yeah, they're showing <laughs> the kids a movie that they're familiar with, and it's like has good morals to it and everything. Mm -hmm. But don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I would say it's a great family film too. Um, and like, I went into it fresh. Like, you know, obviously, I didn't see the original movie. I knew it had kind of had a Romeo and Juliet kind of feel to it. Like Andre said, it's like you know Romeo and Juliet, but like in the '60s. Um, and I was so pleasantly surprised by this movie. I really went in 
with low expectations, even despite all the glowing reviews beforehand, which in and of itself shocked me because I was expecting just like, oh, this is terrible. Why now? Why did? Why is this a thing? But, you know, you can't doubt the power of Spielberg because he's Steven Spielberg and he's like a master filmmaker. I mean, from the opening scene of this movie, I was like, God damn, Steven Spielberg's a damn. Like, like it was like this one shot sequence. I won't spoil it for you, PLD, obviously. It was just like a one shot sequence that led into a musical number that was stunning. Just like the way that he did it. I was like, this is why I love Steven Spielberg. The guy can just tell a story and he can hook you immediately. He's so damn good at it. The musical numbers, the production design, the costumes, the cinematography. Oh my God. Shit. Jeff's kiss so damn good in this movie. I could go on and on about the cinematography. In my opinion, I think it's the best looking movie I have seen all year. I mean, almost every shot looks gorgeous in this movie and the performances all around for the most part for the most part, are really solid. Um, And I really liked that they fleshed out both sides, you know, of the Jets and the Sharks, because I hadn't seen the original, so I wasn't sure if they delved into them as much as they did here. But I felt like here, you really understood both sides, like, which I really appreciated because that conflict had a good backstory and it had good fleshing out. So when they inevitably have their big fight, like, you get why they're fighting and you know what they're fighting for. So that was, like, really impactful and really powerful. So I enjoyed that. But for me... What held this movie back from being like a masterpiece, like unbelievably good, something, you know, that's a timeless classic for me is that the love story, you know, the central love story didn't really work for me. And that was kind of a big problem because that's your central love story. That's the thing that's supposed to really hook people into the movie, make it really accessible. And I just didn't buy it. And I felt like it was really rushed. And, you know, when the, you know, climax of the movie happens and, you know, uh, I won't spoil the ending, I mean, even, even though I know some people probably already know how the story ends, it didn't have the impact for me that I think Spielberg wanted it to have because I wasn't invested in that love story. So, like, at the end of the day, it's like all the musical numbers, all the acting, all that, you know, the direction, the cinematography, all A plus, all just incredible. But that love story was kind of the thing that like sunk this movie back, you know, like held it back a little bit for me and prevented it from being like a real masterpiece but it's the rare movie where the central love story doesn't work but everything else is so spectacular that i would still highly recommend it to anybody and i i don't even remember the last time i felt that way where like something as essential as that doesn't quite work but everything else is so good where i'm like no i still think it's a great movie it just has some flaws and you know at the end of the day it's one of the best musicals i've seen in a while i mean this has been a year of really solid musicals between this in the heights i really love tick tick boom there's been some really solid musicals this year um and i think this is definitely up there with some of the best and it just this is probably the best spielberg movie i've seen in a while because he's kind of been hit or miss lately so it was good to see him like back in fine form and he period piece drama yeah so this was kind of funny this seems to be this seems to be my my jump my time to hop on for this at this point i've been excited about this for a while um mainly because i'm a huge spielberg fan huge Spielberg buff and I'm so happy that people are talking him up again like them saying the masterwork etc 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 because I've been a fan like even this last decade people hit he's say hit or miss he's not the same as he was besides like one or two like maybe BFT was a little light lightweight War Horse was a little was a little, little boring but overall I still think he's a master everything I've seen since him it's always worth viewing even if it's not quite adventurous even if he's a little more caught up to his wanting to do the biopic the historical thing instead of the adventure that he kind of grew up on He's still effing Steven Spielberg. And like to see him get his dues again. I just want to see him taking this story, which is such a great grand Hollywood epic storyline, great music, great performances in the original. I grew up in this. My mom actually 
turn me on to this. I was I was an actor back in the day. I did musicals. And funny enough, she oh. always wanted me to be Officer Krupke in this. Yeah. She didn't want me to be Tony. Oh. She wants me to be Officer Krupke. I'm like, thanks, Mom, I think. I don't know. But either way, this when I heard about this marriage, I thought this was the perfect way to get Spielberg back, although I was wary. Because I, ex- I honestly expected the worst. Like I expected for some reason. Maybe I'm just feeling pessimistic lately. That was going to come out. Ah, uh, Spielberg's a hack. He's a has-been. He's not quite the same as he was. And I heard this coming out. Like The storylines that have come out, or the, uh, the reviews have come out. My heart is soaring because <laughs> I'm like, yep. yes, Aww. give me it all. <laughs> so I really can't wait. You, PLD, you're you're gonna have a blast with this movie. Yeah. Like honestly, yeah, like you're gonna love this. Again, like 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 talking about Spielberg being stuck in sort of this um sort of this like like old school vibe with some of his films, like you know, like Bridge of Spies or like like even still, all that stuff is still freaking fantastic. I wasn't the world's biggest fan of Lincoln, but you cannot look at that movie and not go. You know what? He transported me to the to the 1600s. I absolutely yeah. believed Daniel Day Lewis as, as Lincoln all the way through. Yeah. But yeah. But either way, I mean, the the dude's the greatest of all time for a reason, and yeah. this movie absolutely. solidifies that for me. I think. Yeah. Honestly, like the yeah. the treatment of the character of Riff. I don't know the actor's name because he's, I don't think he's oh, done he's it. He's incredible in the movie. But he yeah. is fantastic. And he, like, if I were to point out why Steven Spielberg did this movie, it's that character, that treatment of that character. Cause like it has that feel, his old throwback feel of like the whole father son dynamics and tricky social commentary. And right. like, where do right. I fit in the world? It's very Spielberg golden era kind of feel. And yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know the actor's name, but he pulls it off fantastically and i and i i just like i mean i love he's wiry i don't like i'm scared about that he's great he he's so good in the movie and i love when steven spielberg has fun like don't get me wrong he's made some amazing dramas amazing amazing films but personally i love when steven spielberg he just smiles he has a blast he's putting he's making me feel like a child again and that's how i felt watching west side story every time there's a musical number i was just completely just like a little kid just what like reminded why i love movies why i love going to the movies he, just like the way they're filmed just the sheer joy everyone in the movie looks like they're having it was just like this is the spielberg i want this is the spielberg that like i wish you know we saw a little bit more of lately not that like you know i don't you know want him to do more serious work it's just I, i'd rather there be more of a balance or maybe like in it all the time Steve, yeah like, yeah, yeah exactly because it felt like he was just doing a lot of serious stuff for like a while and i was like waiting for that fun steven spielberg to come back you know and then he did ready player one i was like there he yes. is he was waking up he was waking yeah. up he's like he, he was shaking off the right that was like that was like him waking up from a nap and then like west side story was like him after a cup of coffee and i was like yes <laughs> let's do it <laughs> but i don't know are, are you guys more are you guys like a fan of are you guys more of a fan of like fun Spielberg or serious Spielberg? I like both. I mean, my favorite movie okay. of all time is Jaws, and I would argue that's both. So, yeah. I can okay. cop out and say both, um, and I do love both. But give me the fun adventure Spielberg anytime. That's, yeah, that's me. there you go. There, I knew PLD would side with me on that one. I saw it in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but where, but where would you where would you guys throw Jurassic Park in there in the mix? It's is, is, is it a fun Spielberg or is it a drama Spielberg? I think it's more fun. I think that's a fun, fun. Spielberg. Yeah, I think, I think, think that's more fun Spielberg. Who doesn't have fun watching it's, kids be terrorized? Come on. So that's much fun. Just a that's wow where the factor. drama comes in. Yeah, it's, it's the, the wow it's like factor that, like, of it. Yeah, it's like the childlike sense of wonder factor. 
Mm-hmm. It makes you yeah. believe dinosaurs are real. That brings out the child in everybody because, right. like, who didn't love dinosaurs when you were a kid? Versus, like, yeah. the Post yeah. and Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep in a newspaper. And, like, that's the difference between a serious Who didn't want to be a postman? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I totally forgot about that movie. Oh, wow. I did you, not you care for that film. You did. So. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That, like, I feel like, that, like, that was a movie it's I watched, fun. and I literally the entire time was just thinking to myself, why? Like, like, what, like, what it was like Meryl Streep saying, you want to nominate me, right? Like, I'm here. Like, that, <laughs> like and then like, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks is like, look, I'm your movie you. dad, right? Like, <laughs> it just like, it literally felt like, ah, I can't, I, you guys go. I mean, you guys talk. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to go, I'm going to get worked up. <laughs> it, was, it was just Spielberg's way of going, here is your Oscar nomination on a platter, Meryl Streep. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. God, that was more it was, like just offering commentary of what was going on at the time not particularly an interesting story to tell it was right. just more yeah. of like this something that happens in the media from back then to today so like that was more of what it was it wasn't like meant to stand on its own as something that's going to be remembered for a long time it was just kind of a wake up everybody this is what's going on kind of stuff yeah it felt like kind of like a poor man's spotlight that's what it felt like yes, to me like it was, like it was trying to be spotlight but but here's yeah. the thing it pre it predated spotlight because here's the thing spielberg if we can just talk about how much of a freaking masterclass Spielberg is, yes. Spielberg was shooting scenes from The Post, Bridge of Spies, Ready Player One, simultaneously on the same day at points. Yeah. That dude Whoa. knows how to freaking make movies, man. Mm-hmm. Damn, That's good for him. <laughs> God, I just wish we got like more movies from him. I just I miss him. Yeah, I agree. He's like, like he died. He's fine. Yeah, he's yeah still, like, I just want to see more yeah, balance like, in movies. That's what it is. Like, so again, yeah, the, he did go through that. Not, I don't want to say rut. It yeah. wasn't rut. He should switch off. One, one for fun, one for me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just like take turns. Like exactly. See the balance is like okay. We got a fun one. Okay, now we're gonna get a serious one. Or if we get two serious ones, then we get two fun ones. <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, I feel like there should be like a like a checklist or like a checkbook where he's like, okay, fun. Okay, serious. <laughs> like literally, just like what's it, like. I feel like we got to give the audience balance but in terms of like you know speaking of fun and feeling good we are in the holiday season and we are in christmas time and there are so many great christmas movies out there that we all rewatch year after year after year we all have our favorites sometimes they stay the same sometimes they change so now we are going to be shifting gears to christmas time and we are going to give you all of our favorite christmas movies or the one movie that we think is our personal favorite so pld what is your favorite Christmas movie? All right, you mentioned this, and I gotta sit down and think because I go through a lot like, <laughs> all the time. Right. I, I mean, I watch Elf every year with my family. I think my family's favorite movie might be Elf for Christmas, but that's not mine. Okay, I okay. watch Christmas Vacation a lot. I, I kind of wave it on that. Mm-hmm. Christmas Vacation was a big one. I still okay. want to go back to Die Hard a lot because that's my own personal favorite maybe nice. but if i had nice. to say the one i make sure i watch every year it seems to always still touch me in the right right christmas spot every year is scrooged Ooh. whoa dark horse it is a dark horse you don't think about it very much but it just embodied everything about growing up in the 80s this is like a perfect 80s partially comedy partially horror partially I don't know what you want to call it, but it was Bill freaking Murray. <laughs> and I love Bill Murray growing up. Ghostbusters was there, Quick Change, What About Bob, all those years. And this was the time where Bill Murray just put his everything in, into the whole the whole kebab. He's not walking through this at all, no mailing in anything. Richard Donner had an imagination about him that was most 
I think best used in this. I mean, he does his action pieces. Richard Donner does a lot of different films, but I felt like Scrooge is a time where he kind of got that. The magic all kind of came together at once, and the cast in this is phenomenal. I mean, you get everybody you could possibly have, like Bobcat Goldthwait from the '80s. Come on, you get him in there. You got Buster Poindexter, perfect '80s. I mean, everybody in this is with Carol Kane. There's no one in this. Is, there's no one in this that's used poorly. Everybody's used to the best of the ability, and it's obviously coming from the Christmas Carol, a very well-defined Christmas, probably the classic Christmas story. But if it's mm-hmm. it's the version of that movie from my childhood. So it sticks. It just sticks in my in my heart always, and I can't go through without seeing every year that one sequence in the elevator when he's going up with death. Over to the eighties, Bobby's coming up. He closes it. Has it opened up again? Okay, okay. <laughs> and yeah. then finally, the other one, other favorite season right after that when he finally he's kicking in the box. It's kind of a scary sequence in the eight, like nineteen eighty eight for a family comedy. He's yeah, burned yeah. up in the box and everything else, and also he gets out of the other and the music starts playing. Holy shit! It's like giving raspberries to Bobcat Goldthwait. Who knows what's going on? But it is by far my favorite of all time, and I'll watch it. I'll watch it in July, June, whatever. But definitely come Christmas. Time. <laughs> Love it. I love that choice. Definitely not expected. Oh, yeah, no. Definitely Scrooge has probably my favorite interpretation of the Ghost of Christmas Past in the taxi driver. (laughs) Give me a name. What's What's wrong? You don't oh mind my if god! Oh my god. Andres, Jen, what about you guys? You want to go first? I'll go first. Yes. I'm going to go first because mine is All right. pretty pedestrian, but I don't care because it is how I feel. And I think it's how a lot of people feel because it is a film that is shown every year at eight o'clock, I think, uh, on Christmas Eve on NBC. It's it's a wonderful life. It is. That is the Christmas film because like when people ask me, it's like, oh, what's the movie you've seen the most in your life? I'm like, it's probably that because I watch it every year. Uh, so, and I'm getting old. Uh, but, <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's, I, I absolutely love, like, Frank Capra is a fantastic director, mm-hmm. and Jimmy Stewart is one of my favorite actors of all time. He's just one of those perfect little everyman kind of characters that you want to root for. George Bailey is, like, he is what is good in all people, and, like, to see mm-hmm. someone who clearly has done so much good struggling with something, particularly at Christmas time, uh, and having to go through that, it's very life-affirming. Uh, mm. And it's a complete, it's an epic. It is an epic. Oh, it, yeah. It's so funny to say that because it's in such a small little microcosm of the U.S. and everything. <laughs> but it is an epic. Like, you go through his entire life, and I absolutely love it. And, uh, like, I've seen so many different iterations of this as a play and everything. My sister has been in it multiple times. She has been baby George Bailey. She has been, uh, <laughs> like, uh, his wife at the end. So, like, I have a lot of uh, connections to this, and I absolutely love it. And, like, it's funny because I will watch that every year with my family on Christmas Eve, but then I'll flip over to uh, the other channel that shows everything for 24 hours, and that's a, a Christmas story, which is a very different feel. Uh, but yeah, but I absolutely love It's a Wonderful Life. If you haven't seen it, I know a lot of people actually haven't sat down and watched it, because they're like, it's old, it's not gonna speak to me. Uh, it will, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful story, and tell mm-hmm. told just wonderfully so yeah it'll make you feel good at christmas time and that's not to say that it's not dark it's very dark there's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff in there that like you like you go oh <laughs> like i oh, wasn't yeah. aware that that's what's going on there <laughs> oh, but, <okay. laughs> but yeah there's, there's some scary stuff in there and there's a great snl sketch uh 
where they they kind of change the ending and go and try to beat up Mr. Potter, which is fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I, I absolutely love this film. It's fantastic, and I I will watch it again this year. Awesome, <laughs> so, yeah. awesome, so awesome, I, I awesome. Anything else? But Muppet Christmas Carol. I'm like you you picked a Christmas Carol type movie. I'm like no, Muppet Christmas Carol is the best version of that. So there. Uh. I mean, even even the master himself, Guillermo del Toro, will still say that Muppet Christmas Carol is the best adaptation. Michael Caine, Michael Caine today yes. tweeted out just a, the poster, just the image of the poster of a Muppet Christmas Carol, and it has yeah. ten thousand likes. He didn't say anything. He just put it. He didn't need to. He didn't need to. He could have literally tweeted out "humbug," yeah. and it would have broke the air. Now. Yeah. <laughs> he would have uh, dropped the mic with a poster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how about you andres what's your pick oh well you know there's so many really great picks i mean like here's the thing is that you know i mean i have to give shout outs to freaking gremlins i have to give a shout out to freaking a christmas story as well too because come on those are indelible classics in my in my humble opinion also again another one batman returns is indelibly a christmas movie just rewatched that over at the new bev also, they, they had played a trailer for Scrooge in 35mm yep. right before a screening of Groundhog's Day. And that movie still looks great. It's a good trailer. Like, oh, yes. Great trailer. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say the one movie I go back to every Christmas is Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas starring yeah. Harry. All right. That's yeah. a movie that I just, I just find myself just Quoting inadvertently so much, he won't stop. Yeah, I, I can't stop. We we just went to go see House of Gucci today. We we just went to go see House of Gucci today, and like literally right over at Universal City Walk, were all the costumes right in front of us. And like I was like, oh, I'm, I'm abandoning Eric and Drew right now. I'm gonna go up and take a photo of one of these right now. These are amazing. He probably would have busted the glass and put it on if I didn't stop and see it. So I want to get to know me, do they? <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but but there, there's so many like little small moments in the movie that just make me just love it so much in terms of what they changed and what they expanded on from the original. I mean, like, just... It's it's great enough as a kids movie, but it also has small little adult elements that just flow through people's heads. Like like there's when, a key party. Yeah, yeah. There's a, <laughs> yeah. There's there's a, there's a key party, and then there's an oral sex joke at one point, and then freaking and then freaking um what what else? Like 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 he makes the who the 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 mayor of Whoville kiss a dog's ass. It's it's freaking. It, it I don't think it's a kids movie. I really don't think it's a kid's movie. I don't know what Ronnie Howard was on when he made this movie, but it's not a kid's movie. <laughs> he was on the good stuff. He was on the good stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, but it's so great. And then also just seeing the perfor- the an- the animated performance from Jim Carrey all the way through mm. carries this film, just in how utterly hilarious he is and how utterly terrifying he is at certain points, too. And, mm. and you know, I- I'd be remiss to not talk about The Grinch without just... Oh my god, tip of the cap to, to freaking uh, Rick Baker on this. Like, his designs are spectacular all the way through. The makeup, you buy the Who's. Yeah. They're not creepy. They're not out of this world. They just fit in their own world. They fit in the tiny little snowflake. And it's it's just... It's, it's a Christmas movie that I remember watching for the first time back in 2000. And I have since gone back and seen it every single year since then. Mm-hmm. And it's arguably a classic it's gonna be one that sticks with me all the way through and i just absolutely love this film i love the grinch awesome 
I love that we all have different choices. I like, I'm very happy with everyone's choices so far. And like, it's like every year I'm always like, is this movie going to be my favorite Christmas movie now? Is this one going to be now? Like definitely going to give shout outs to some of them that are my favorites. Like I love the Jim Carrey cringe. I love the holiday. That movie is just delightful. And I I even watched it. I, I, I even watched it in the summer just cause, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> I was like, Netflix, it's, like, we're watching it yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, like Netflix, like sneakily put it on in like July. And I was like, all right, let's fucking watch it. Um, but uh, I love that movie. I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I think that's a great Christmas yeah. movie. Um, Die Hard, of course. Uh, just Friends. Shout out to Just Friends, which I think is a hilarious <laughs> Christmas. We actually just watched that tonight before we uh, went live. So it's very fresh in my mind. Um, I'm trying to think what else but no those are definitely like some of the top choices there but for me it may be the cliche choice it may be the obvious choice but it's the obvious choice because in my opinion i think it's the right choice and that is elf i freaking love elf it's so like my it's it's just it shouldn't work it should no. not work. It's like, like, on, like on paper, you're like, Will Ferrell is just going to act like a little kid in the city. Yeah. And it, he's going to be, it's going to be this fish out of water story. And it's just like all the different, like the different animation. And then just kind of like the humor. It's just like, it should not work at all. And yet it's perfect. It's like just a perfect Christmas movie in my mind. I watch it every year on Christmas Eve because it's always the movie that in my opinion, just always makes me feel the most like giddy in terms of like Christmas time. Like, Oh, it's Christmas. I'm watching elf. Like it always puts me in that Christmas spirit. It always gets me excited for Christmas day. And it turns me into like a little kid again, you know, back in 2003, when this movie came out, I fell in love with it instantly. I would get like the DVD and I'd, just watch it constantly. I mean, it was like my parents were just like, it's fucking July. Why are you watching Elf? I'm like, because <laughs> it's because it's a great movie. Um, but Will Ferrell's spectacular in it. He's just pitch perfect. He's hilarious. This movie's endlessly quotable. Zoe Deschanel is fantastic. James Caan is really fun in the movie. I when love the dynamic between them. Oh, I believe in Christmas. Oh, it, <laughs> it's so good. It, it's so good. And like Peter Dinklage showing up, that's incredible. Right. Oh, I mean, and just. Yeah, and, and like the sequel, you know, the beginning sequence, like at the North Pole, amazing. I love that whole like style of like the mix between kind of like CG or stop motion and like uh, live action. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I loved it. I loved it so much. And it just it makes me so happy. And it's just I love movies that on paper shouldn't work, but they do. And that's just a textbook example, because I remember someone said or I read somewhere that Jim Carrey was originally offered or like he was like the top choice to play buddy before Will Ferrell was uh, cast ultimately. And I, I keep trying to picture what that movie would be like. And I don't think the movie would work. And I, yeah. I'm like the biggest Jim Carrey fan in the world. I love the guy, but I just don't think he'd be right as his character. I don't think anyone else could have pulled off this role and made buddy as lovable and charming as he is, because I feel like in another actor's hands, he could come off as really creepy, like very creepy, creepy kind of very annoying. annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just like really bad. But he makes him so lovable and so heartwarming. And in the movie, it's just like it's like a hug. It's basically like a hug of a movie that's just like, look, come here, pal. Just come here. Come come in nice and tight. We're gonna we're gonna have a nice night. Like it's just that's how it feels every time I watch it, and I love it so much. But I think all of these choices are fantastic. You know, if you're looking for a solid Christmas movie, all these are great. Even some of the honorable mentions we gave out, those are great too. And obviously, if you have some choices of your own, put them in the comments. We always want to hear what you guys have to say. We want to know what your favorite holiday movies are. But that is it for today's show. We have covered all the topics. We have gone on different tangents. We have 
have skewed from this topic to that topic. It's been a wild ride, and I've loved every second of it. Uh, and before we go, obviously, I want to give PLD a huge thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. It was a pleasure having you. It was a blast talking to you and having you a part of the conversation. So thank you, sir. Uh, Jen, also, thank you for coming on. A pleasure having you. I'm happy that uh, you guys were able to make the most of your one location. <laughs> literally like on my angle it looks like you guys are doing your own version of face off and i'm like here for it so like (laughs) (laughs) oh my god but you know if the people are trying to find you guys uh online pld where can the people find you on the interwebs find me at paul underscore Deduzio on twitter you can find me sometimes producing for action industries with ben babin and andrew guy and also on youtube at pld projects which is going to be getting a little bit of an overhaul so stay tuned on that one Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Excited about that. All right, Andres and Jen, where can people find you on the internet? Ladies first. Uh, you can find me, Jen Kemp, at JK Meme Queen on Twitter and Letterboxd, even though I haven't updated my Letterboxd in like three years. <laughs> Is it because I'm trying to show people? I, it's strategic, so people don't know what I'm watching for Schmodown. That's what it is. It's not just me being lazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and you can find me there and uh, potentially in the Schmodown. If you tell Hit Christian Hart, if you like me, maybe you'll see me next season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get it going. Love it, love it, love it. Andres, how about you, man? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Galagos. You can also find me on twitch.tv as Galagos209. You can also find me on YouTube on my buddy's uh, YouTube channel, High Voltage Media, doing uh, retrospective series. We are just getting ready to kick off our next batch of episodes. So please follow us there, and you can find me here on Film on Tap. I feel like every time I tell you to like give your social handles and all the stuff you're involved, then you take like a breath in, like Jim yeah. Carrey, like when the cop <laughs> is pulling them over and liar, liar. It's like it depends on how long you were following me. And then he does the whole like tangent. That's what it seems like every time it's like your turn to like give like what you're doing. Like, I don't know. It just it makes me laugh every single time. But um, <laughs> But if you want to find me, guys, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Chattelbash. You can find me on Facebook at Chattelbash Reviews. Uh, And of course, you can find me here on YouTube at Chattelbash Reviews. And of course, here on the Film on Tap podcast. Thank you for tuning in to a brand new episode. Stay tuned for a new episode in a couple weeks. It was a pleasure having our guests. It was a great show. Enjoyed every second of it. And we will see you for the next episode of Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out. Have a great one, guys. And we'll see you very, very soon. Cheers. (laughs) 